welcome everybody from uh, to our podcast called uh, From the Preacher's Study. We appreciate you being with us, and we hope that we're able to say some things based on Scripture uh, that'll be helpful to you in your, your daily walk. And um, we're going to be shifting a little bit. We've been talking about uh, the four epistles that Paul wrote while he was a prisoner. Uh, we talked about that for a good long time. We've worked our way through those. That's uh, Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians and Philemon. Mm-hmm. And uh, last time in our last podcast, we shifted a little bit. I uh, want to talk, we talked a little bit about the authority of Scripture. So That's we're going right. to talk about some <laughs> moral issues, some morality, mm-hmm. pursuing holiness and sanctification. And so what we wanted to do was just establish the fact that we're going to determine how to walk by the Scripture, that the Scripture is God's Word. And so we're going to allow Scripture to inform the way we think and our attitudes about things. And it, uh, uh, it, it supplies a framework from which we judge the world around us and we evaluate what's being done, whether it's right or wrong. And then we mold our thinking and shape our thinking according to Scripture because it's God's Word. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some uh, moral issues that we face in the world today. Today we're going to talk uh, about holiness and being holy and pursuing holiness as a child of God. So we're going to spend our time talking about that this session and, and maybe one other session, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll go forward. Got Kevin Clark with me. He's one of the members here at Oak Mountain. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here. And uh, we've been working in this capacity for quite a long time now, and uh, we enjoy it and hope that uh, you do as well. Uh, We get a lot of good feedback Mm -hmm. and support and encouragement from people. Uh, Regularly, people will say, hey, I've been watching the Mm -hmm. podcast. I Mm -hmm. really appreciate what you're doing. And so that encourages us. That Mm -hmm. keeps us going. And um, if you know others that would enjoy listening to this, uh, from time to time, let them, let them know about it, and uh, that'll help us get the word out. Kevin. Amen. So I think you're going to see over these uh, next several podcasts is going to be a very uh, distinct difference between the positions that we're going to take, which are God's positions from the Bible, and what we're seeing in the world around us. So certainly people have observed, and it's true in every society, that there's moral decay, moral degradation. Uh, there seems to be uh, quite a bit at this particular moment in time. And so we want to hearken back to something that's authoritative about how we should live, how we should talk, how we should dress, how we interact with each other, how does the opposite sex, opposite sex interact with one another. All of these things are coming from God's perspective. And, of course, we laid the foundation last time. The significance of that is God is the creator. He's the one that gave us life. He's the one that gave us our bodies. He gave us life, breath, and all things. And so he has the absolute right to dictate this is how you should live, this is how you should walk, this is how you conduct yourself. A lot of people have problems with that. A lot of folks have issues with authority. Perhaps a lot of us do at some level, don't like to be told what to do. And so some of the things we're reviewing help us uh, understand why we should submit to this teaching, why we should do what God says, why he has the absolute right uh, to dictate uh, what we do and how we say. And we need to remind ourselves of those things. We're not asking people to do things out of tradition or rote memory. It is a a conscious decision that I'm going to subordinate my will to the will of the Father and for very good reasons. And so we'll be talking about some of those things and getting into some specifics in the next several podcasts. Right, right. And so, uh, God is our creator. God is God. Mm-hmm. And because he is God, right. uh, he has authority over us. We, right. we all submit to authority. That's right. 
uh, sometimes reluctantly, but all of us <laughs> right. submit to the government has That's authority right. over us. A teacher might right. have authority over us. Mm-hmm. A law enforcement officer would have authority over right. us. We all understand that concept of, oh, yeah. of yielding to authority. And so God, as our creator, mm-hmm. as the all-powerful uh, God of the universe, has authority over us, especially since he made us. Absolutely. Then, uh, so, so we yield to him. Absolutely. We'll talk a little bit about holiness mm-hmm. in the time that we have tonight. And we're just going to start off mainly in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. The concept of holiness is established for us there in the Old Testament. And we'll start off with where we what we just talked about just a minute ago that uh, about God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we are to be holy because God is holy, and so these are not simply just an arbitrary mm-hmm. set of rules that that somebody just laid down. When we understand the holiness of God, mm-hmm. that has a tremendous bearing on the Us. way we should live our right. lives, the way we think, and the way we conduct ourselves. Right. And so God is innately holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, holiness simply resides in him. And there, there are some passages to, to look at to bear that out. The 99th Psalm in verse 3. Let's begin in, in verse 2. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Mm-hmm. And so God, God is holy. Just He possesses holiness in himself. He, he doesn't acquire it from someone else. It's not given to him by someone else. He has it because of who he is. The 105th Psalm in verse 3. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. And so God's name is holy. Mm-hmm. The name stands for the person. Mm-hmm. And so the name reflects the character and the nature of the person. So if God's name is holy... That suggests that God himself is holy. Mm-hmm. That's why his name is holy, mm-hmm. because he, in his nature and character, is holy. The 106th Psalm and verse 47, Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations. Give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. So again, give thanks to your holy name. Mm-hmm. And then the 111th Psalm in verse 9, He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome uh, is his name. Holy, and some versions say holy and reverend Mm -hmm. is his name. It's Mm -hmm. to be revered. Mm -hmm. We're to stand in awe and fear his name, so to speak. There's one New Testament passage that I noted uh, in, uh, as we begin, Revelation 15, verse 4. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting statement. You alone are holy. Mm-hmm. And so how is it that uh, things become holy, places become holy, people become holy, if God alone is holy? Well, it's because they are closely associated right. with Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as people are closely associated with God, they mm-hmm. take on holiness themselves. Mm-hmm. And so in the Old Testament, the priests, people who... Uh, kind of served as mediators between God and man. They were holy because of their association with God. They're they're working on behalf of God among the people. And so they are consecrated. Mm -hmm. They're sanctified. They're set apart as holy. Um, There are holy things in Mm -hmm. the Old Testament. Uh, The the priests wore holy array or holy garments. Exodus 28 and verse 2. The Ark of the Covenant is holy. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when they made the Ark of the Covenant, they went out, they got some 
cut down a tree, made some wood uh, out of it, you know, and, and fashioned it into a box. But once it's set aside mm-hmm. to be used by God and His purposes, for His purposes, it becomes holy mm-hmm. because of its association with God. Mm-hmm. Here's some other things that are holy. Um, the vessels of the tabernacle are holy. The place where the tabernacle is or the temple is, is holy. That place is a holy place. The inside of the temple, remember, the, you have the holy place and then the, the inner yeah. the inner room is called the, the most holy place. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Because that's where God's yeah. dwelling mm-hmm. is. And so he dwelt in the temple, especially that most holy place. The Sabbath day mm-hmm. is to be kept holy. Why? Mm-hmm. It's because that's the day that God rested. He rested on the seventh day. And in honor of God and his work and what he did, especially in creation, they were to keep the Sabbath day holy and devote themselves to God on that day. So holy places, holy city, holy food, um, holy people as well. All of them holy because of their association with God. With God. Mm-hmm. Any comments about that, Kevin? Uh, just Yeah, um, Leviticus has got a, a concept along those lines as well. Leviticus chapter 11, uh, begin verse 44. He says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. And again, it's the point you made about the association. Uh, He's speaking to God's people. These are people that he's taken under his wing. So if he's a holy God, he cannot have a people who are not holy. So he says, I am holy, therefore you must be holy. And so uh, the same concept applies in the New Testament. Instead of that holy people being uh, the children of Israel, it's the spiritual children of Israel. It's those who are the seed of Abraham, the the father of faith. It's the church. And so we are to be holy because our Lord, who we worship, is holy. Of course, you think about, uh, was it Exodus chapter 5, Exodus 3, I'm sorry, where we have Moses at the burning bush. And uh, he is told to be careful, verse 5, chapter 3, then he said, do not, <clears throat> excuse me, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am God, uh, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. What made the ground holy? You made this point. It's not that there was something inherently uh, sacred about that space. It was the presence of God. God was there. That made the space there holy. And God says, you must treat it as such. In this particular occasion, that was taking the shoes off to show the reverence for that particular uh, place because of God's presence there. So you you mentioned Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. Mm -hmm. I think about Exodus chapter 19 as well, where God Mm -hmm. says, look, I'll I'll be your God. You'll Mm -hmm. be my people. So if they're in fellowship with God, they must be holy. They must become holy. That that was my point in going through all of this uh, material that became holy because of right. his association with God. Mm-hmm. And so if a person is associated with God, he must become be holy. holy. That's right. God, God can't be in that close relationship with something that is inherently unholy. That's just, Amen. Uh, that's, that's just, it just, it just doesn't, uh, they don't fit together. Amen. So back in Leviticus chapter 11, I'm the <clears> Lord <throat> who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm your God. So mm-hmm. what what, sh- what should we expect of those people as far as their conduct is concerned and so forth? Well, you shall be holy for I am holy. Exactly. So we can't have a relationship with God <clears throat> and be lax in our attempt to be 
holy to be mm-hmm. to live a godly life. So I think about Isaiah chapter 6 is another Old Testament passage that stresses the holiness of God. This is uh, the passage that describes Isaiah's uh, vision of the Lord in the temple. Mm-hmm. And you remember uh, the seraphim are mm-hmm. in the scene there and they're calling out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Right. And so Isaiah's response to that is, oh, no, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, woe is me. I'm, I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the, the king, the Lord of hosts. And he's impressed with God's holiness, which emphasizes to him his own mm-hmm. unholiness, his own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that in verse 7. Uh, where an angel touches his lips with a coal that's been taken off the altar. And uh, it says, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is forgiven. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of holiness also includes the idea of of being separate from sin. Right. Morally pure, uh, righteous, sinless. So if God is holy, if he's altogether holy, he's sinless, he's pure. Uh, there is nothing in him that defiles him. Mm-hmm. And so we must partake of that as well. If we're going to have fellowship with him, we must be separate from sin. Right. And we must uh, avoid things and reject things that would defile us morally. Comment about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but think about Isaiah 59, 1 through 3. And uh, let's just go over there. Uh, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear he- heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. And so the point is, is that when there's this distance between God and us, uh, the problem is not God. The problem is us. And what has put us in that position? Our sins. Uh, We've done things contrary to God's will. And as you just said, he's a holy God. If you're to have fellowship with a holy God, you're going to have to be holy yourself. That means we've got to restrain our passions, restrain our instincts and our lust. And he says, otherwise, there's going to be this gap. It has nothing to do with God. God can save. God can provide salvation. God can provide protection. But he can't do it and have fellowship with a sinful group of people. And, and, of course, that's our problem is that we sin, and so we've got to figure out how can we be in fellowship with a holy God. And ultimately, we'll talk about this later, it's through Jesus Christ. Right. But certainly how we live is going to determine whether or not we can be in fellowship with God. If we live holy, we can have fellowship with a holy God. If we live a sinful life, we cannot have fellowship with a holy God. Right. And so don't be deceived. Don't be deceived into thinking, <clears throat> well, I can, I can do sinful things mm-hmm. and it doesn't affect my relationship no, with God. Not at all. That, that's just not right. If we're going to have fellowship with God, we must pursue holiness. And so in the, in the New Testament, just want to notice a couple of passages there. It's, the idea of being sanctified mm-hmm. is, is the idea of being made holy. It's just another way of saying to be made holy. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 says, Paul's writing to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been mm-hmm. sanctified. And so the idea of being holy, yeah. I think, contains a couple of ideas. One is it's something that happens to us mm-hmm. when we become Christians. We mm-hmm. are made holy. We are sanctified. And so if you're a Christian, right. that's something that has been accomplished in your life in the past. Right. Another passage that would bear that out is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul goes through a list of mm-hmm. unrighteous actions that will 
uh, prevent people from, from entering the kingdom of God. And he says, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, sanctified yeah. you were justified. And so when we become a Christian, our sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. They're they're washed away. They're no longer on our account. Mm -hmm. And so we are made holy by the power of God through the blood of Christ. Amen. And so we're, we're our sins are forgiven and we're made holy. But that's not all that's involved in in sanctification or being holy. We must pursue holiness right, right. as well. And so we it kind of goes like this. You've been made holy, mm -hmm. so be holy. That's right. And yeah. so we can maybe express it that way. You know, be what you are or do what you are. Mm -hmm. You've been made holy by the blood of Christ. And so be holy, act holy, do holiness. Mm -hmm. Here's a good, another good passage, Hebrews 12, mm -hmm. verse 14. Yep. <laughs> Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification, that's holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue that. Mm-hmm. That means that, you know, you're, you're trying to achieve it and attain right. it. Mm -hmm. And so you're, we're all, we're continually in the pursuit of holiness. And then I'll notice one other passage, second Corinthians chapter seven and verse one. And there are lots of passages in, in the new Testament that encourage holiness. Absolutely. Therefore, having these promises relating mm -hmm. back to what he said in, at the end of chapter six, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit perfecting holiness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the fear of the Lord. And so we're ridding ourselves of everything that's unholy, mm -hmm. that would defile us, that would make us unclean. And we're perfecting holiness. We're growing and developing in holiness, becoming more and more holy in our conduct until we reach a, a, a full stage of development. Yeah. And going back to Hebrews twelve fourteen verse, uh, there is a warning with that about saying we need to pursue holiness why do we need to pursue holiness? Well, if you don't have that, you're not going to see God. You're not going to see the Lord. And of course, that's consistent with what we've been talking right. about, which is a holy God. You can't have fellowship with this God, and certainly not for all eternity, unless you also are holy. And so that's why we pursue holiness. We want to be the children of this holy God. We want to have a relationship with this holy God. We want to be close to this holy God. So we got to not only casually, no, we pursue it with all that we have so that we have the opportunity to see God. That's what we want to do at the end of our lives. We want to have the opportunity to see God. And he says, if you don't have this, you will not see God. You're not going to see the Lord. That's right. Very strong. So maybe one other passage. I know our time's out. First Peter chapter 1. Mm -hmm. yeah. As obedient children, verse 14 says, do not be conformed to the, to the former lusts, mm -hmm. which were yours in ignorance. So don't be conformed to, to the former lusts. But like the one who called you, be holy yourselves mm -hmm. in all your behavior, because it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And so, what's the standard of holiness, Kevin? I mean, God. is it? Uh, yes, yeah, God, isn't it? And so, it's not enough to say, "Well, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good. I'm better than that person no, or that person, no, or no. I'm better than I used to be." No, mm -mm. no, no, be holy, for God is holy. Right. That's the standard that we're trying to uh, to to attain. Mm -hmm. We may never get there. I'm not right. saying that that we're going to get there, but. Right. But we're hopefully making, mm -hmm. we're pursuing it, we're mm -hmm. making progress so that we, we can grow and, and, and develop and become more and more the kind of people that God want, wants us to be, the people like Him. Amen. Anything you want to add here? And, and I know our time is out, but uh, anything you want to uh, add it, by way of closing? Not necessarily other than just the fact that it is important 
And if God says for us to be holy, then it means that we can. We have that capability. As you just said, it's a work in progress. It's always something you pursue. Uh, but we can't take the position, well, it's impossible. I can't, I'm not even going to try. No, the Lord says you can do this because the Lord has given us tools to be holy. We have the scriptures that teach us how to live holy. We have prayer that can help us get strength to be holy. We have other brethren that can help us, encourage us, and edify us to be holy. And so there's so many resources that God has provided our disposal. So when he says, be holy, for I am holy, he's not giving us an impossible task. We can do what the Lord has set out before us. All right, very good. So as we, as we continue to talk about these things, just remember that our, our objective is to see what the Bible says about mm-hmm. living a holy life. It's going to be different from what the world says. Right. I mean, that's just basic to being holy mm-hmm. is being different. It's going to be different, but our objective is to be holy people and uh, try to, you know, to, to pursue that and develop in it until we reach a state of full growth. Amen. Kevin, you want to lead us in prayer as sure. we close? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we've had to yet again break open your word and to study your wisdom. We thank you for the revelation of your mind to us and especially the fact that you are a holy God and you've revealed to us what that means, not only what that means about you, but what that means for us as your children. And we're so very thankful that we can imitate you and emulate you in terms of your holiness uh, as laid out in the scriptures. And let us uh, do as the Hebrew writer encourages us to do, pursue holiness. It's something that's very important, something we treasure, something that we exert a lot of effort, something that we invest a lot of time. We diligently labor to be holy. It certainly is something within our grasp. You've given us so many tools to facilitate that starting with the death of your son on the cross, his blood cleanses us from all sin so that we have the opportunity to be fit vessels of yours. We're so very thankful for that great sacrifice and thankful for the ability we have every day to become more and more holy, identifying things that we fall short in, things that deviate from the scriptures, things that are inconsistent with your will, and ridding ourselves of those things, becoming more and more like your son as we're laboring to have Christ born in us. We can be holy like you are holy. We're so very thankful that we do worship uh, you as a holy God and thankful that you've given us a means whereby we can have a relationship and fellowship with you. And let us always cherish that and, and not let anything come in the way of that, anything be a barrier to that. There's so many things that the world chases after fame and fortune and lust and things of that nature, but those things prevent us from having a relationship with a holy God. Let us value holiness so much that we will put aside those things, lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us as we pursue this deeper and better relationship with you, an abiding relationship that we expect to enjoy for all eternity. We thank you for this avenue whereby we can share the gospel with others. We thank you for those who have tuned in, who are valuing spiritual things, who want to be fed by the word, who are hungry and thirsting for your will. And we know that your word will not return unto you void. We know that much good has been done simply because your word has been exalted. Please continue to be with us. Give us this platform. Give us these opportunities and help those who are on the receiving end of that to be blessed by your holy word. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.